I do hope you'll pray for me this morning. Usually during the week, if I know I'm supposed to preach, my, my study habits are a little different than if I don't think I'm going to be preaching. And uh, I didn't know I was going to be preaching. Uh, so I did not really study to preach. I studied, I read, but I wasn't really studying to preach. So uh, if nothing else, pray that I can give you some thoughts that are um, organized and that you can uh, understand and maybe feed off of a little bit. But uh, I uh, came up, I guess you could say, under Brother Tim. So this is no surprise. Uh, I, I know to be ready. And if you're studying and the Lord has given you the call to preach, you should always have something on your mind, uh, something you know, burning to share. But whether or not I can be organized with it today, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but this past week, some of the thoughts that I'd had, you know, we, we voted this week, right? Um, and you hear a lot of talk about the direction our country is going, and you hear a lot of hope about, you know, what Republicans were calling a, uh, the red wave, hoping that um, the way the votes fell would, would be in more of a conservative favor and that um, you know, we could get people in office that um, may do things a little more in line with maybe what uh, we feel is right and wrong. And I've, I've thought a lot about that. And um, you know, and I, and I don't want to come across in the wrong way here, but I also want to speak very clearly that um, it's, it's a foolish person that thinks they can simply go cast a vote and change our country. Um, it's a foolish person that thinks I can go cast my vote and then yet spend my days entertaining myself with things that the Lord absolutely despises, with forsaking assembly to pursue idols, and then with a straight face think the vote is enough to change the country. Because we do not need Republicans, we need repentance, Amen. right? Uh, in Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, the Lord gives us the equation to turn a country. And he lists four things there. And he says, if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves and shall pray and shall seek my face. Um, and shall turn from their wicked ways. He says, then I will come and heal their land. And we certainly need healing. Okay. Um, the, going to vote requires very little self-sacrifice. You might have to get up 10 minutes early, 20 minutes early, 30 minutes early to get by the, the voting station to cast your vote. Takes very little self-sacrifice, but repentance does. Right. Repentance is a turning away from the things that your heart of flesh desires that are contrary to what the Lord wants for his people and commands his people to do. That takes a lot of self-sacrifice. But if you haven't noticed, we are madly, madly in love with ourselves. Right. Madly in love with ourselves. And so to to, as one of the parts of the equation, is to turn from our wicked ways. Number one, we don't want to do that. We want to do what we want to do. You know, 
uh, something Brother Tim taught me a long time ago. I found it to be true and uh, back then and still is that most people are going to do what they want to do. Right. right. And that's just follow the desires of your wicked heart. Right. But another thing that alarms me when it says to turn from your wicked ways is that I feel like Satan has done a mighty fine job of blinding our eyes to really what is wicked. We don't always really recognize wickedness, right? Not only do we not recognize it, we're even coming to the point where we're tolerating it and accepting it and even now praising it. We don't recognize it. We don't see sin as exceedingly sinful, right? Right? That's what one of the purposes the Bible says of the law was that sin might be exceedingly sinful. You know, something detestable to us that we want to run from and turn away from. But Satan is is masterful at blinding us to the things that are actually wicked. Listen, and and we can become so desensitized to it, right? Right. We can just sit there and just, just feast our eyes and our ears on it and it just doesn't sting us. Well, over time, it gets harder and harder to turn from your wicked ways. And I think that is all of we're we're failing in all of those four things. Right. But we're certainly failing in turning from our wicked ways because that is repentance. That's the very definition of repentance. And that's what we need now in the Bible. To say that God's people learn the hard way is an understatement since way back when. God's people have been determined to learn the hard way. You see, God gives us the equation. Look, you need to humble yourselves. You need to pray. You need to seek my face and you need to turn from your wicked ways. And if you'll do that, I'll hear you. I'll heal your land. But if you're not going to do that, I've got a plan B. And I encourage you to read through the book of Judges. Look, if you want a godly leader to lead this country. There's two ways to go about it. He gives us one of them. I just told you. But time and time and time again, the way God's people got a godly leader is that the Lord's patience and long-suffering came to an end because they would not follow the first plan. They would not follow Him. They would not seek Him, pray, or humble themselves. They refused to do that. So God... Gave them over to a wicked nation. Now, listen. We are America is being given over to a wicked nation, but it's a nation within a nation. Do you understand? Don't think China. Don't think Iraq. We are a we are a nation, um, but we have nations within our nation. And listen, I'm not talking about skin colors. I'm talking about beliefs. I'm talking about morals. And you can easily see that we are being given over to another nation. A nation of ideas, a nation of beliefs, right? Well, when God's people get given over to a nation that suppresses them, they get so far down and crushed under the foot of their oppressor, then they cry out to God. And what happens? Read through Judges. Then they cry out to God. Then he raises them up a godly leader. And then they fight and regain their freedoms and independences again. All right, that's the hard way, right? And sometimes 
that span of years that they were crushed under the foot of their oppressor, it wasn't two weeks. Look, it was decades upon decades, 40, 50, 60, 80 years that this nation had to sit under the oppressive rule of people that cared nothing about the Lord before they cried out and God raised them up a godly leader. Listen, folks, go vote. Understand me. But don't be so foolish to think that that is how you change a country. God never said in his book that voting for the godly man is how you change your country. He said, I will heal your country. I will fix it. But this is what it requires. And are we there? We're certainly not there on plan A. We're certainly not there on turning from our wicked ways. We're not on plan B yet. But I think we're headed in that direction. Right? Now listen. Let me leave you with this. A tactic that you find in the Bible many times. You can read about this sometime if you want to in Joshua the 8th chapter. In Joshua the 8th chapter, you have um, the Israelites have gone and they've taken Jericho, right? And they've had a little spat with a city called Ai and they lost. And they get back, they regroup, they get their minds back right and they go to attack Ai again. And this is their strategy. Now, One of Satan's most powerful tactics is to be a mimicker of God, right? And change it just just a fuzz, just a little, okay? He wants you to think you're following the Lord. When in reality, you're following him and you're doing his bidding, right? This was the tactic that the Lord gave his people. He said, this is what I want you to do. All right, AI has won the battle, won a battle already. They're confident. I want you to go into AI and I want you to take some men, get close to the city, act like you're going to fight with them, and then I want you to turn around and run. But in meantime, in the meantime, I'm going to take a host of God's people, God's army, and I'm going to go on the back side of the city and hide and wait. And he says, he tells Joshua, he says, when you come into the city and they start to fight against you, you turn and run and get out of there. And so that's what they did. And so all the men of Ai and Bethel there, the cities that they were coming up against, all the men that were fighting said, let's go get them. And every single one of them leaves the city. And they go out there to fight with the Israelites. Well, about the time they get a good piece of ways from the city, the people in the back come into the city. Now, you'll read about this strategy multiple times in the Bible. This is not the only time it happens. The people, the, the Israelites that are on the back side of the city come into the city and start burning it and destroying the city. Well, the men of Ai that have left to chase the Israelites, the Bible says they turn and look. And I want you to listen to this. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven. Listen to this. And they had no power to flee this way or that way. You see what happened there? They were, listen, they were drawn out away from from their home by a distraction. And all the while the plan was to destroy their home. 
Satan is a mimicker of God. And he has laid distraction upon distraction out there for us. We have left the responsibility of raising up godly homes. And that's where he attacks. Are you with me? You see, he is destroying our homes. We think we might be doing some good here out on this front, but all the while he came in on the backside and is destroying the home. And then we turn around and look and we see our homes going up in flames. You understand not literal flames. You understand broken marriages, broken families, children and parents fussing with each other. It wasn't that way. Why would the Lord say I'm going to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and fathers to their children? Because if Satan can destroy the home, he can destroy the nation. And he drew them away from their home with distractions, destroyed their home, and he took the he absolutely took the power away from the men of Ai where they had no power, no motivation, no desire, no strength to go this way or that way. And brothers and sisters, if we do not realize that the attack is on our homes. And guard our homes, guard our hearts, and raise up godly people under the fallacy that a simple vote can change our country. We will turn around and look and see our homes burning and have no strength. Because they're burning already, right? They're already burning. Let us take a lesson from the the Israelites and and the city of Ai to protect your home and don't follow the distractions. Stay there and fight, right? Repent, humble yourselves, uh, seek his face and pray. It's so much more than just casting a vote. Look, I hope our country turns and we have great, uh, you know, conservative leaders. And I've said before, you know, I'll vote for the guy that gets up there and says, I don't have a plan, but I'm going to seek the Lord's face until he shows me one. I'd vote for that guy, right? And look, don't, don't feel defeated. Don't feel defeated and think that there's no hope. If there was no hope, God would not have given us the equation. Right? right? And it's just like I preached a while back that the Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. If you don't think that God has the power to turn our country, He does. Amen. He, he, can, he overturned Roe versus Wade. He can change our country. He can raise up us a godly leader like no godly leader has ever been. But he's not going to do it while we chase the distractions of the world. While we wallow in our wickedness and heap it to ourselves. While we never take time to pray. While we seek everything in the world but his face. I don't think he's going to turn our country. Because he never did it in the Bible. We need repentance, right? I encourage you. I don't care if your home is a one-person home or if it's got 20 people in your home. That's where it starts, right? Don't wait till it's too late where you turn around and you see your home metaphorically burning in flames to where you feel hopeless and powerless to do anything. Do it now. Start now. And do the equation that the Lord gave us so that We can have a country for our children one day that we can lay on our deathbed, take our last breath in peace, knowing that God's favor and hand is on our country. Because I don't want to leave them one that's in shambles. But we're headed that way, right?
I hope that's been profitable and not too disorganized. And pr pray for Brother Tim as he comes.